Hey everyone, welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I'm Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 301 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Today we are beginning the book of 1 Corinthians. We're moving forward. There's a video from the Bible Project. Make sure you check the show notes for that link. And um, we're going to read the first two chapters as well as Psalm 141. Let's get going. So a little background, um, and this is most likely going to be covered over the videos that you'll see from the Bible Project covering um, first and second Corinthians and things like that. But we believe that Paul is the author of this, um, letter. It's also believed that he probably wrote a previous letter to the church in Corinth that has been lost. And, um, we just don't, we just don't have it, um, based on a few things that he says. Um, he wrote this letter because there was worldliness, Um, an ungodliness that was filtering into the church and it broke his heart and he wanted to hit it head on. Um, He wanted to address so many things in this letter um, from marriage to walking in the freedom that Jesus gives us um, and legalism. And so that's kind of where we're coming from. Um, He most likely wrote this letter during what we call his third missionary journey, um, which according to scholars would have been around AD 54. So um, within 25 to 30 years of Jesus's death and resurrection, we're not talking like, like this is relevant, right? I think it's pretty cool. So let's jump in. Um, Remember, we're reading the first two chapters and then we'll go to Psalm 141. So Paul called an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will as Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus called as saints with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of the grace God given to you in Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in him in every way in all speech and all knowledge. In this way, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say and that there be no divisions among you and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by members of Chloe's people, that there is rivalry among you. What I am saying is this. One of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in Paul's name? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one can say you were baptized in my name. I did in fact baptize the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't recall if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ will not be emptied of its effect. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. I think this, so this makes me think I've heard so many people say that 
we should be careful about the songs we sing in church and how we do communion because when when unbelievers come in and they hear us talking about blood and all those things that it weirds them out okay there's there's complete um legitimacy and and whatever in that sure i'm sure it weirds them out why because what paul says here because it is the word of the cross and it is foolishness to those who are perishing um it doesn't make sense to them because it doesn't make sense to them yet they've not heard it they've not received it they've not learned it to those who us to those of us who have who have accepted and received what that gift is it is life it is everything and to not sing about it would be or to not talk about it would be foolishness to us right okay um where is the uh, sorry i'm skipped for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom, the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For Jews, for the Jews ask for signs and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, consider calling, consider your calling. Not many were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. Here we go again. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification and redemption in order that, as it is written, let the ones who boast, boast in the Lord. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. I like that. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom. In other words, Paul's like, I'm not coming in using big, fancy words to get your attention. I'm coming in and I'm preaching Jesus. Ugh. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom, because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. Now, God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world. I'm going to say that again. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. If you're not grasping, if you're not understanding what the Lord is doing, then ask for the Holy Spirit to help you because that's what he does. 
We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the spirit does not receive what comes from God's spirit because it's foolishness to him. He's not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. <clears throat> and now Psalm 141. Lord, I call on you. Hurry to help me. Listen to my voice when I call to you, when I call on you. May my prayer be set before you as incense, the raising of my hands as the evening offering. Lord, set up a guard for my mouth. Lord, I've had to pray that so many times in my life. <laughs> Lord, set up a guard for my mouth. Keep watch at the door of my lips. Do not let my heart turn to any evil thing or perform wicked acts with men who commit sin. Do not let me feast on their delicacies. Let the righteous one strike me. It is an act of faithful love. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let me not refuse it. Even now my prayer is against the evil acts of the wicked. When their rulers will be thrown off the sides of a cliff, the people will listen to my words for their pleasing. As when one plows and breaks up the soil, turning up rocks, so our bones have been scattered at the mouth of Sheol. But my eyes look to you, Lord, my Lord. I seek refuge in you. Do not let me die. Protect me from the trap they have set for me and from the snares of evildoers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely. And that is it for today, friends. Come back tomorrow as we continue to read the Bible together. See you then.